Two robins are sitting in a tree, feeling kind of hungry. They look around and they see there's a patch of freshly plowed earth not too far away, so they fly over to have themselves a little lunch. And they eat and they eat and they dig up worms and they eat a little bit more and finally they're full. And one robin looks at the other and says, you know, I'm so full I'm not even sure I can fly back to the tree. Second robin says, that's okay, it's a beautiful day, let's just lay back and bask in the sun for a little while. So the two robins lay on their backs and stretch their wings out and just enjoy the sunshine. Just about that time, a tomcat comes along and gobbles them both up. Tomcat sits back and starts cleaning his whiskers and says, Man, I just love Baskin Robbins. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Week 10. Episode 10, 10 weeks of this Hannibal nonsense, and I hope you're having as much fun with this as I'm having doing it. I, uh, I look forward to this all week, and there's sometimes you've noticed in the past when I haven't actually waited. You've gotten a couple of double-up podcasts, but this is not one of those. This is the weekly ritual, and I'm really glad to be here. If this is your first time visiting, welcome. I'm glad you chose to take a few minutes to listen to my ramble. I'm Hannibal the Magician, that's what I do for a living, and that's my real name. Uh, These are basically my unexpurgated, emotional-laid thoughts of what's going on in my life and how the week, this past week, has progressed and the stuff that's coming up. Whoever you are, welcome. There's, There's love in this room. Hannibal's going to Hollywood. I'll tell you about that in a minute or two. Gonna go for a one day trip out to do uh, a very special show that uh, that means an awful lot to me. First of all, let's take care of some housekeeping. Lots of, uh, there's a couple of interesting things that happened this week. I have established an author page at uh, Amazon. I've written, uh, I've written a book of uh, poetry, I've written a couple of uh, uh, lecture notes for magicians that have a lot of my philosophy and uh, a couple of tricks that I created inside of them. And I decided it would be a, at about the right time to take some of those books that I've written and convert them into ebooks available for Kindle through, uh, through Amazon, available on, on any of your devices just with the Kindle app. And uh, so, yeah, they're there, and, and there'll be more things coming. My good friend Mick Ayers uh, just finished editing my first like full-length uh, book of philosophy and stories. It's going to be called, like this podcast, it's going to be called Across the Table, and um, it's it's more of the same. It's it's my heart and the things that I see and the way that I observe the world that I live in. And uh, I hope you will uh, hope you'll pick it up and I hope you'll enjoy it. It'll be available in a multi- multitude of different formats: uh, paperback, ebook. I've even got plans to uh, to read the thing myself and have it as an audible book. Which um, man, that could be fun, right? Uh, you know, as long as you like what I've got to say, or if I just completely tick you off. You know, maybe there's a couple of you out there listening it, listening to this just to just to gather dirt on me. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Because um, I'm like I said, I'm not uh, I'm not holding anything back. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about pretty much anything. That being said, let's have some content. Send me some questions. Send me some thoughts. Tell me that you don't like it. Tell me how much you like it. Tell me what you like about it. What you don't like about it. Uh, talk about topics that you want to hear. Give me. 
uh, like Ted uh, challenged me to do, give me random words to say. Um, whatever makes you happy. Uh, this is about me, of course, but it's also about you because if you're not listening, um, I'm doing this for nothing. So I'm really, really, uh, really glad you're out there. Um, so the uh, the Amazon page, if you go to amazon.com slash author slash magic artist, you will come across the stuff that I have released so far. That one more time is amazon.com slash author slash magic artist. And, um, yeah, hope you enjoy what you see. Um, as usual, this uh, I have to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by you, sponsored by uh, the people that listen and enjoy the work that I do off of the stage. Your contributions and donations and support allow me to keep doing these things, uh, allow me to keep doing public shows, allow me to uh, sometimes uh, dash out to Hollywood to... Uh, to do a very special program near and dear to my heart. So thank you for that. If you'd like to become a sponsor, you'd like to become an investor in, in Hannibal the Magician, go to, uh, where do you go to? My mind just suddenly went blank on this because it's so important. Patreon, patreon.com slash magic artist. Um, that's pretty much the way to find me anywhere. Patreon.com slash magic artist. I humbly ask for $5 a month. You can, of course, donate any amount you'd like, from a dollar to whatever, to whatever makes you happy. But uh, 5 bucks a week will allow me uh, to continue to do what I do. And uh, I thank you deeply for that. Um, sometimes the jokes aren't great, but there will always be at least one. If your eyes rolled, you'll use it on somebody else. I have, I have no doubts. So... Tomorrow, well, I am, let me first by preface this by saying this this uh, podcast won't actually hit public until uh, Tuesday morning, but right now it is Sunday night, and I am uh, packed and ready to go off to Hollywood first thing in the morning, leaving here tomorrow morning and coming back on Tuesday. And in the meantime, while I'm out there, I have the honor and the privilege to perform at Monday Night Tees. Monday Night Tees has been run uh, and operated and successful by my friend Lily Von Stupp, who for the past 14 years has provided a, uh, a show every single Monday night. I think she told me once that she's missed exactly three in 14 years, three times that the show didn't actually run. That show is coming to an end. That, uh, that era is closing its doors. Lily has decided to move on to bigger and better things or, or, you know, a different path. I won't even go bigger and better, just different. She wants something different. She's going to go out and chase something else. And um, I'm awfully proud of her for doing that. It, it uh, Lily has been a constant source of inst inspiration for me in a multiple multitude of different ways. And one, watching her uh, closing this up while, while sad, uh, also provides me with a lot of hope because... You know, it. Uh, she's she's done with what she wanted to do. She moves forward onto something else, and uh, that's that's really the way it should be. You know, you shouldn't. Um, one of the reasons that I'm not uh, returning to the festival this year is the. Uh, you know, you should never you should never dread going into where you work. You should never. At least I shouldn't. That that's been my philosophy. If I if I don't feel good about going to do it, then I shouldn't be doing it. So. Kudos to Lily for for all of that. Um, I just put up on my on my Facebook page one of the quotes that uh, 
that she uh, she made a meme for it and made it her own um, her own cover once upon a time. And it basically says, well, actually says, wanting the brass ring may get you the brass ring, but then what? Every time you get on a stage, it's a privilege. And man, if I haven't been living that for the past 24 years, I don't know what else. My stages have been on sidewalks and in alleyways and in restaurants and in bars uh, at some, some amazing venues like the Salt Palace in Utah and the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Man, I never dreamed of going there. I never, I never imagined that I would would have the opportunity. When I first started this out, I knew about the Magic Castle um, because I read about it in all the the, the big magazines, and and uh, it it just seemed like I never, I never assumed it was obtainable for me. I wanted, I was going to work for people. I was going to work on the street. I was going to work in bars and restaurants, and that was going to be how I made my living. And uh, hard work and preparation. Not even, not even setting that as, as so much of a goal um, at, at first, but, uh, it, you know, it developed into a dream. And then uh, through hard work and dedication and, and being in the right place at the right time and, and being prepared when the time came around, it, it all it paid off. Um, and in the meantime, that, that door, that, that, you know, getting into the castle eventually uh, led me into meeting uh, Eddie and Lily. And we've become just just great friends. They have been, they have put me up when I needed a place to stay. They've they've supported me emotionally and spiritually, and they've they've always been right there, no matter how desperate or how whatever I became. Um, they were they were right there. They they were answering the phone. They were texting me back. They were you know if if they were in the middle of the show, if they were in the middle of something else, they would be like, hold on. Give me an hour or two. Give me, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling to Vegas or whatever. I will call you back at X such a time. And, you know, and, and they stood up. And that was, uh, it's been amazing. Um, I had a, another quote that I wanted to um, get out. Let me, let me pull that up because that's important as well. Um, this one really got to me. She, um, she posted this up earlier. Okay. Here she go. Okay, this this is this is gospel according to Lily, uh, via Hannibal. Um, every time I get a gig I want, I know it's because I put the hours in to make it to make me a bookable act. It pays off. Every tiny dive venue, every carpeted stage, every alley outside of a dressing room, every mic problem, every show with more people on stage than in the audience, every failure, every moment of doing the work counts. I want that on a plaque in front of me on the desk for, for the times when it's, when it seems down or when it seems like, you know, yeah, having, having, well, with my act, if there's more than one person in the audience, there's more people than, than are on stage. Cause it's just me generally. But, um, but yeah, the, the journey counts. The, the work you put in counts. The, the dedication and the and the love and everything else counts and and you know even if i hadn't made it even if i hadn't been as successful as i have been lucky and and blessed enough to get it's still worth it to put my feet on a stage and to face a group of people and to and to lift their day make them laugh make them gasp in astonishment you know make a couple of them mad even it's it's just been it's been so Worth it. It's in. It's an incredible feeling, and I, I recommend that everybody get it. 
at least once or twice in their lives. Um, and I, I, a lot of my friends and a lot of you listening out there are performing artists and, and, and you know, practical artists and physical artists and belly dancers and, and burlesque performers and strippers and comedians and, and everything else. The journey's worth it. I know, you know, there's times you, you can't hear that and you don't know it to a fact and you're, you're so tired you can barely move and you, you're not even sure you can get up off the couch enough to take a shower because you're just so tired from the day. But I'm here to tell you, just, just looking back on it, looking at, at everything I've done and everything that, that will come my way in the future, wherever I end up, it's been worth it. It's been absolutely worth it. And so... Thanks to, to Lily for um, for having me out to this thing because uh, the the effort to get there and the effort to do this and the, and the emotional toll that it's going to take is um, is worth it. It's damn worth it. So the thing is, here's uh, here's kind of the agenda. I'm uh, I'm getting up in the morning, Monday morning, uh, September fourth, and I am flying to Los Angeles. Um, there'll be a running commentary probably on social media as such um, about where I'm going. But I'm flying into L.A. Eddie and Lily are going to pick me up. Uh, we're going to grab a bite to eat and head over to the venue and uh, and get prepped and get set and, and get things ready and, and breathe and, uh, and support each other and make each other laugh. And then the doors are going to open. And she has brought together 14 years. She's bringing together 14 performers. To, to do this amazing, amazing show. People that she respects, people that she loves, acts that she cares about, people that she wants on her stage. And then I'm going up last. I, I get this privilege of, of being the, the final act on the final show of this amazing, wonderful, incredible ride because my friend honors me enough to put me there. And, and if you could imagine right now how I feel about that, that just the, 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 the glee and the honor and the exuberance and the excitement that I've got about being handed this prize. And, and you know, I guess I earned it. I, I guess, no, I, you know, I know I did. I put my heart out there. I put my, my, my soul, my, my physical body out to, to, to make it work. And I'm getting, and I get to do it. And I get to, I get to hold that spot. And, and, and it can't be taken away from me. It's 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 just this awesome, awesome feeling that I'm extremely grateful for. Um, so, and then uh, when that is done, um, the doors will close, and I hope uh, I hope the the group of us will go out to the House of Pie out in Hollywood and uh, and laugh and joke and and, and bring each other up and. And make fun of me and the, the, the ink that I have, I'll have on my body. I'm closing the show um, with the naked truth. I, uh, I, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you've never seen this act that I do, I'm going to do a couple of card tricks. I'm going to lighten the mood. I'm going to show, you know, I'm going to earn my right to be heard, first of all, for a few minutes, five or six minutes, um, just to establish who I am to the people who have never seen me before. And then I'm going to open up my vulnerability. I'm going to open up my pain. I'm going to talk about the issues that I have, uh, you know, namely uh, my body image. I don't like the way I look. I, I'm disgusted by uh, uh, by uh, what I see in the mirror, um, and uh, and it horrifies me 
to show that off in front of people. So that, and I don't like being uh, closely surrounded by uh, people, especially people that I don't know in a, in a close-up, you know, crowd situation. It's just not, uh, it's not a happy place for me. So I'm going to hit up both of those fears. I'm going to strip down and I'm going to invite people to come up and write their own, uh, their own discomforts, things that people have said to them, burdens that they carry. If someone said to you, you know, years back said to you, well, you'll never be pretty enough to be a model or you'll, you'll never be thin enough to, to be on TV or be in the movies, um, you know, that, that can leave a scar. That can leave an emotional moment to where it's like th- those words will stick in your head forever, like, like a physical scar, like somebody actually cut you. And so what I'm going to invite them to do is to come up and write those words on me and let me take them away for a little while. I can't do it forever, but I can take them away for a little while where they don't think about it for a couple of days or maybe a week, and I'll just carry it for them um, so they don't think about it. And, and in addition to that, in this show, in this particular show, because this is what's on my heart to do, and it's my art, so I'm doing it. We're also living in a lot of fear. We're living in just a, a ton of, of of racism and homophobia and violence and 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 people hating at each other, being angry at each other for senseless things. And it's causing fear among a number of my friends and a number of my, my uh, associates even that, uh, that people are of color, women who are, you know, women of color, um, women in particular, just and, and a whole host of other, quote, minority people or, or marginalized people. And it hurts me. I, I sit back here in my little, in my little white privilege and, and it, it hurts me that, that I see these people that I love and care about living in in that kind of fear. So I'm going to invite people, everyone, whoever's there, to also, if they want, if they'd rather, bring their fear up and then write that as well and leave it with me and I'll I'll carry your fear away. It's it's kind of shamanistic and it's and it's a little bit it's a little steeped in 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 spirituality, but that's that's something I'm able to do and and I'm and I'm proud to be able to do it. So that's the show that I'm going to present, and it's called The Naked Truth. Um, so, you know, and, and then that'll leave me in a, in a certain emotional state, and I'll, I'll be surrounded by friends and by love, and that'll all, be, um, it'll all be taken care of. Everything's going to be well. Everything's going to be just amazing and magnificent. And I will probably be right back on here um, talking about it Wednesday or Thursday, uh, I'll certainly have a lot to say on the blog uh, about it. I'll be writing quite a bit about it. Uh, GoMagicBoy.wordpress.com um, to read, you know, my rambling writing. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this, this this came up in my head, but one of my uh, later in life discoveries, one of the one of the celebrities that I've known about since I was very young, but never I never really. Um, I never really noticed his level of skill or, or the or what he had done. I, I hadn't really looked into his life, but um, Charles Nelson Riley uh, was a a predominant figure in the late '60s and early '70s on television. Uh, he was in The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. He was on several 
um, children's uh, children's programs, Saturday morning cartoons and and live action uh, Sid and Marty Croft uh, type things. And he was on a lot of game shows. He became really famous for uh, for a lot of the game shows that he did, Match Game and and um, and several others. Um, anyway, it, it, at the end of his life, he wrote uh, a one-man play called The Life of Riley, uh, where he talks about his career in Hollywood and the people that he knew and the people that he went to school with. And he led an amazing life, even though, I mean, and yes, he was famous, and yes, he, he got up there. Um, he's not exactly, I, I don't know that I would call him a household name anymore. Um, he's he's kind of dabbled on the legendary side of things because uh, there's certain attributes that, that, that he carries with him that people remember, but um, never a real, like, superstar or didn't, didn't last in that. But he put together this very humble, very wonderful one-man play called The Life of Riley, and it's available uh, on video, on DVD, and, and on streaming, I'm pretty sure on streaming, um, where he talks about his life and, and everything that he goes through. And there's a scene um, in the uh, in the show in the in the, the taping that they did of the show. And when they when they taped it, uh, like like a couple of weeks later, he passed away. So they they uh, they captured his genius b- before he left. But um, one of the things he talked about was when he was first starting out, when he was taking his resume and his uh, his headshot around to different. Um, to different agents, they were turning him away. And the main reason they were turning him away was because he was gay. He was a gay man. And he was just, through his very nature, he was somewhat slightly flamboyant. And so he wore his homosexuality kind of out on his sleeve. He never apologized for who he was or who he loved. He just kind of carried it out there. He didn't, he didn't wave it like a banner either. It was just who he was, you know. And he had a um, he had several agents turn him away, and then he found out you know why he was being turned away. And one of the agents uh, at the end of his audition basically got in his face and said, "There will never be people like you on television. We will never allow people like you to be on TV." And in the moment, in that moment, he was devastated. He was hurt. He was crushed. He he, he was watching. Uh, he was watching his dream fade away simply because of who he was, simply because of, of who he loved and, and, and you know, the, just basically the way his heart beat, you know? But the thing about Charles Nelson Riley and what makes him a hero to me is that he did not give up in that moment. And he went on and he, he tried again and he got into plays and he got on Broadway and he took the classes and he put the hard work in and his feet were on stages. You know, he put his feet on stages and he put his words out into the audience. And a few years later, he says in the play, he is... Uh, He's a semi, he's kind of a compulsive kind of a guy. And he said, I used to play this game. Um, I would uh, I would wait for the TV guide to, to come in the mail. Now, for those of you who don't know, there used to be a little magazine that would come. If you subscribed to it, it would come to you weekly. It was the TV guide. And it would tell you what was going to be playing on the major networks for the following week with a little description 
of um, of what was being played and, and how long it was and what the content was going to be and all these things, you know. And uh, this, of course, was back when there were, like, only three major stations. And, uh, and of course, the local uh, independent station or two that you might have in your, in your big cities. Um, and, and, of course, you know, no Internet, no cable TV at the time. It was all, you know, so no, no really, you know, things on the TV to show you what was coming up. Uh, so there was a magazine called TV Guide, and it went out. Anyway, he said, my game was uh, I would get it in the mail, and I would take it inside, and I would take a little pencil or, or a highlighter, and I would go through the TV Guide and count how many times I was going to be on TV that week, uh, how many game shows I was going to make appearances on, how many kids shows, the the, the uh, Hatland and, and the the puffin stuff, and then all those things that I was going to make appearances on, and the movies that would show up that I would have a part in, and the reruns of Ghost and Mrs. Muir, and I would count, and and one time I came up with, uh, I was going to be on TV like 47 times in one week. I was going to be on there, and I thought back. I thought back about this agent that once told me, yeah, we'll never let people like you on TV, and I thought, I'm working so hard, who do I have to fuck to stop working so hard? And I thought that was hilarious. And the, the thing it taught me is, you know, the thing that I keep going back to when, when, I'm, when I'm struggling or when I'm, you know, doing what I do and it doesn't seem like it's being appreciated is I remember, you know, someone years ago who had less of a chance, less chances than I have uh, to market themselves or to get themselves in front of people being flat out told by a network executive that they would never allow someone like him on TV simply because of the way his own heart beat. And he didn't give up. And he made a living and he touched hearts and he touched souls. Mine, not the least of which. And he, he made it in his own way, in his own terms, without compromising who he was or the way that he wanted to play it. Uh, there's another story on there. I highly recommend you you, you pick up the DVD or, or look it up, and, and uh, it's 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 well worth watching. It, it's a it's a gripping, amazing play. Uh, there's a, there's a, a bit on there where he's appearing on Johnny Carson, and, and of course he's kind of clownish and he's kind of he's very funny and and uh, he says there was a, a aristocracy, a woman who was talking about Shakespeare. Shakespeare is going to be oh. Oh, Johnny, is on Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny, we just, we're going to take Shakespeare to the children, and the children are going to get to see the great works of Shakespeare. It's going to be amazing. And she was all very, very elitist and snotty. And, and Charles Nelson Riley uh, mentioned in passing, he said, yes, I, I, I love Shakespeare myself. And the woman reportedly turned to him and said, what would a person like you know about Shakespeare? And Charles said, I didn't, uh, I didn't really say anything. I walked over and I talked to uh, Doc Severinsen, the band leader, and I asked him to play something, you know, soft and classical. And I walked back over and I asked for a spotlight and, and he, he, he uh, recited a scene from Macbeth in a very dramatic, very moving fashion. <laughs> and then sat back down and said, you got any other questions, lady? Um... Just, just beautiful, beautiful arrogance earned, earned. Let's leave it at that. Arrogance earned. 
you put the hard work in, you sweat through it, you bleed through it, you, you get exhausted, you get tired, and you keep doing it, and you earn your right to be arrogant. I hope you're hearing me. I hope, I hope you're understanding exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not talking about a boosted ego or a narcissistic slant. I'm talking about bringing love and joy and, and happiness to people. And man, in this world, don't we just need it? Think about how badly what you do, my entertainment friends, how badly what you do is needed out in the world. Hmm. We, uh, here in the United States, he says, envisioning that there's someone living outside the United States listening to what he has to say. Past couple of weeks, we've had some natural occurrences that brought us together as human beings. We had an eclipse. We had a very rare, um, very targeted, very, you know, anticipated total eclipse of the sun. And for an amount of time, for a short amount of time, we talked to each other about it and we wondered about it and we we stood in awe at, at nature being nature and, and things just happening. We, all our eyes collectively looked up and uh, and gasped at what we saw and held hands and and uh, figuratively and came together as a people in a very big way because of this natural occurrence. And then the following week, week or so afterwards, um, we, we had a massive tragedy. We had a, a, a hurricane tear through one of our states, tear through Texas. Uh, killing people and, and dislodging people and, and driving people out of their homes. And the response from people, from all walks of life, from, from everywhere uh, in this country, coming together to reach out to people they didn't know, to people that had, they had no real vested interest in, no, you know, not specifically family members. I'm talking about total strangers reaching out, going getting in a truck and, and driving into the disaster zone simply to try to lend a hand. People giving money to for the for the rescue efforts and for the the Red Cross and giving blood and, and, and you know reaching out and helping strangers because we were in crisis. And watching how we put aside our differences, most of us put aside our differences and, and reached out to total strangers gave me real hope and real admiration for who we really are. We didn't have to. We honestly didn't have to. And and there were some. There were there were notable celebrity type people who didn't. Who uh, who sat in their palaces and said, "No, you can't come in." Um for for whatever reason their hearts told them to. And uh <laughs> To the Joels of the world, to the people that are like that, to all the people that are mad at you and the people that are holding you up for ridicule, let me let me start by saying, you know, bad form, man. Bad, bad fucking form. You're, you're a leader of people. You're, a, you're supposedly a representation of the flag you wave. And uh, you didn't let people in until you were forced to. And reportedly, and I, you know, I wasn't there and I didn't see it myself, but reportedly, you, you passed a collection plate. 
you with all your millions and 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 power and the things that you have the example you could have set got wasted and i really you know don't get me wrong on this those of you listening to me don't get me wrong on what i'm about to say because believe me i see the horror and i and i feel the anger myself and what he did but but joel a billion to one chance you're ever going to hear me say this, but Joel, I feel sorry for you. I got to tell you, 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 you missed an opportunity. You missed the, the gratification of really reaching out to someone in need and helping them up, helping them off their knees, helping them into a better place. You missed it. You, you spit in the face of your own blessing. And man, I, I just feel sorry for you. I, I I wish that you could feel that joy. I wish that you would demonstrate some genuine happiness in your own life instead of the greed you seem to keep you seem to keep throwing up in our face. I feel sorry for you. You know what? If you get a chance, call me. I'll talk with you about it. I won't be angry with you. I won't I won't belittle you. I won't talk down to you. That that's condescending. That's the word condescending. That means to talk down to somebody. I won't do any of that. And I know Joel's never gonna hear this. And but if he does, on the million to one chance, billion to one chance he hears this, Joel, give me a call. Let's talk. I won't make fun of you. I won't, I won't put you down. Uh, I want you to I want you to share the happiness that me and my friends share in giving. Giving of ourselves, giving of our talent, giving of our art, giving of our money. Even when it's difficult and it hurts sometimes, the the feeling of being able to do that is is unreal. It's it, there's no greater feeling to give to someone else. You know, I've got a lot of uh, I, I could say that about a lot of things, but right up there in the in the top, giving of yourself to help someone else's life is the best there is. You know, it's it's uh, it's right up there with watching my kids get born, watching them take their first steps and say their first words, and feeling actual, genuine love from someone from the first time, and the the touch of a of a loved one's hand. It's amazing this life, and a lot of it, a lot of the great things in in this world, in this life, come from giving, come from giving of yourself, giving your heart away. So do that. Do that instead, right? I had a... Um, I have uh, people in my life that are at odds with each other. And uh, they one of them has been attacking the other in a very, uh, in a very mean sense. I'm not... I'm really not getting into... Uh, personal names and things like this. Um, some of you may be able to guess who I'm talking about, but I'm not here to shame anybody or to make anybody feel bad. Not not in this forum. Um, what was said was was personal. I'll give you an inside you know view to it, but I'm not going to get. Uh, this isn't entirely my story to tell, and um, I'm not airing someone else's laundry. Um, out loud when it's when it's really not mine to air. I hope you understand. But two people that I love dearly, who were at odds, and and one of them was um, 
attacking the other uh, very publicly, very, very mean spirited like, and um, not talking to me very much either because I was blamed for a few, for some of the problem. But I took this person aside or I, I kind of arranged for us to be in the same place at the same time. And uh, I very harshly and very matter of factly put them in their place. Uh, one, because I care about the person they were attacking. And two, because I care about them. And living in that kind of anger and that kind of uh, vengeance and, and constant, you know, state of, 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 uh, of negativity is, is bad for you. It's bad for your physical health as well as your spiritual health. So uh, that's something I had to do. And, and it, was, uh, it was hard and it was, it was heartbreaking, um, but I did it and it was worth it. Listeners, friends, fans... However you uh, relate yourself to me, what's going on in your life? What's troubling you? What what can I address here? I'm grateful that you're still listening. There are times, uh, sometimes, sometimes I I, want to record two or three times a week because there's things I want to say, but I I devote a bit of that to writing and putting it down uh, on the paper. But um, are you still enjoying the show? Uh, I'm assuming you at least give it a shot, and I'm going to assume that there are still people listening to uh, to what I'm saying right now. But your feedback is really important. I'm glad that you like it. Um, write me a review. Write me a personal letter. Just you know, let me know that you are enjoying it. I'm glad you. I'm you know, I'm not looking at the numbers because people completely tell me not to look at the numbers, and I peek every once in a while. And I, I'm just I'm grateful that you're there. But. Uh, do give me feedback and, and, and give me topics you'd like to hear me discuss. That's that's kind of what I'm here for. I am... Oh, well, here's the other other thing. I, um... This week was a return to uh, heavy-duty busking. Um, bills are, are a nightmare right now. Uh, summer being what it is. Uh, and... and, and Booking is being down, which I anticipate those things turning around. It that that that's okay. That's showbiz. Um, but I was hired to work at uh, Matthews Alive, a festival here at a suburb of Charlotte, and uh, I was hired to do one one hour stage show, and uh, had a great time. That the house was full and and people were into it, and there was laughter, and we we had a great time. We we gave joy to each other, and then. I went out on the street and I set my little table up and I, uh, I worked on the street again for hours, uh, for three days. And, uh, it's amazing that, that feeling, um, a lot of people came up and, and, and were glad to see me. They only see me like once a year working the street of this thing. And, and, uh, in fact, yesterday, Saturday, uh, I got so into what I was doing. I was working. Uh, so exuberantly that I forgot to, uh, to to hydrate, and I started feeling dizzy and got a little sick. Um, but uh, but they took care of me, and and, uh, and I got back out, and, and you know drank a lot of water, and then got back out and, and uh, worked all the kinks out again. I'm uh, I'm incredibly fortunate in being able to do what I do um, for the people that I do it for, and uh, and you're one of them. What else? What's going on? 
Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Um, <laughs> this may be too old school for some of you, but um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a movie that came out whew, 40 years ago, uh, is making a resurgence in the theaters for a week. I uh, went to see it, and it and it has aged well. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful film. One of Steven Spielberg's first uh, magnum opuses, and uh, it, it held up really well. And it's and it's been remastered, and it's 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 great, great time at the movies. If you're looking for something to do this week, really, really get out and and go to see this. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, it it uh, it kind of scared the hell out of me. When I first saw it, it's not a scary movie, really, by any any stretch, but it's it's full of of emotion and excitement, and uh, it brought a lot of that back um, at fifty two, as it did when I was twelve. The thing that uh, probably the movie that got me inspired uh, and and in into uh, um, science fiction, even more so than Star Wars did. You'll have to forgive me for that, but uh, everybody was was Star Wars hyped. Uh, back in 76, um, and I, I was not allowed to go see it um, for, for a number of reasons that uh, I will tell you about in the future based on just my mom's belief in, in what was good cinema and what wasn't. But uh, for my, my dad took me to see Close Encounters, and it blew me away. That was, my, that was my science fiction movie. That was my open door into Geekville and... Uh, I'm happy to say that 40 years later, it still gives me the same kind of thrill, uh, especially so on the big screen. So go check that out. Friends, I am uh, I am up early in the morning, so this is going to be a rather short podcast. Uh, I hope the words were meaningful. I hope you got something out of it. Um, send me, a, yeah, please continue to support me. Let me know what's going on in your life. Uh, ask me questions um, that I can uh, turn into topics the show's about me, mostly, but of course it's about you and the way we, we interact. I hope to... Uh, I understand. I've, I've gotten some things uh, from people I don't even know, uh, some emails that, you know what, that, that is something I meant to do. Um, pardon me for a second. It's something that I forgot, but I really, really... Uh, one of the, the checklist of things I wanted to talk about was an email that I got uh, this morning... Right before I got up and started my day, I got a um, I got a very moving email. Now I'm going to try to find it. By the way, if you want to email me, uh, info at chrishannibal.com uh, is the way to uh, to do that. I hope I haven't lost this thing. I got a I got a wonderful email from uh, from someone that I don't that I'm not really acquainted with. Um, but it was, um, mm. sorry to, I know this is, this is odd. Well, we'll call it radio. Um, but, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, but I wanted to find this. I I had said to myself, I wanted to, to read this out loud via podcast because it, it, uh, it moved me and, and to know that my words are moving someone else, uh, is, is, is vital to this, and I appreciate the feedback. So, um, I got a uh, I got an email sent out uh, early this morning, right, uh, Sunday morning, uh, from a gentleman by the name of Fred Linter. Fred, I I, uh, uh, I I hope you're listening. Hope you've stuck it out uh, through the end of this one. Anyway, his email says, 
Hi, Chris. Um, comma. Uh, I love you, and I'm saying this as a friend because I, I care about you. Nobody calls me Chris. Um, Christopher or Hannibal, all my all my closest friends since I was 10 years old have simply called me by my last name. That's why I chose it for my stage name and for my 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 identity. Hannibal. If you if you if you're uncomfortable using Hannibal, uh, Christopher is best. Chris brings back bad memories. Just FYI, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just whenever I read that, I go, <laughs> call me something else. All right, I'm sorry. I, I got way off track, and I apologize for that. Um, it says, hi, Chris. My name is Fred Linter. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I am a part-time magician living in the suburbs of Detroit. I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your genie column. Maybe he's not listening to the podcast. I, I misunderstood. He's, he reads the genie column. I mean, it's relevant anyway. I'm going to continue reading. It inspires me. And I've been performing for about 30 years. One thing you said in particular, this is in the genie column, have a kick-ass show. Just about says it all if you want to be a success. The September issue story about your Magic Castle experience brought back memories, and I'll make this brief, he says. My wife and I moved to L.A. in 1980. One of my cousins was visiting and had passes to get into the castle. I couldn't wait. As you said, it was everything I hoped it would be. As the night wore on, we were mingling with some people. Actually, my cousins were mingling. I was exceedingly shy back then, especially around other magicians. So my cousin tells this gentleman, I still remember his name, Stan Gershon, that I do magic. Naturally, he asked me to do a trick, and I was scared. I fumbled through a performance of Card Warp, and the five to six people around seemed to like it. Stan asked me if I'd like to become a member of the castle. He gave me his card and set up an audition. What a nice guy. I practiced one to two hours every single night for this audition, so the night finally arrives. You could either perform for lay people or a small group of magicians, and it wasn't your choice. I was praying to perform for lay people. I had never performed for a group of magicians before, so naturally, I got picked to perform for the magicians. I began my set about six to seven minutes, and they began interrupting me, talking amongst themselves. Amongst themselves, It pissed me off. I stopped for just a second and asked, Shall I continue? They said yes. I finished off the set and went to the waiting area with the others that had been auditioned. I was pretty ticked off about the interruption until I figured out it was a test to see if I could handle it. Bottom line, I passed the audition became a regular member, and went to the castle at least once a week for the entire time I lived in California. A great memory and memories. Your column made me live it again. You're a good writer. Interesting stuff. Thanks. Fred Lenter. So uh, Fred reads my column. I, I write a, a bi-monthly column for a, a magazine called Genie, which is the, uh, it's the ultimate uh, magician's trade magazine. Uh, it's been going on for, gosh, 75-plus years. Um, and uh, the editor, Richard Kaufman, asked me to write a column a, a little over a year ago. And uh, he's been running one for me every other month. And uh, apparently my words are touching some people. Uh, the, the thing I get back from this, the, the blessing that I get back from this letter is what you're doing, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's up on the stage you know, and of course, I'm talking to my performer friends, but substitute what it is that you do, feeding your family, going into your job, finding your career, living your heart, living your dream, or, or chasing it. Whatever you do, 
you're affecting someone. And it really is your choice as to how you're going to put out there. What are you going to put out into the universe? Um, what kind of vibe are you putting out for, uh, for these people? And uh, I have chosen, to the best of my ability, to put out positivity, love, and joy. And uh, it's, it's, it's made for a great life. It's, it, has, it has turned um, my world into the most amazing, incredible journey uh, ever, ever. I, I live an amazing life. I really do. And man, I just I wish that for every single one of you. So do the work. Have a kick-ass show. Hug the people around you. Man, you know, I got news right before I started recording this. I got news that um, uh, Walter Becker, the, uh, the genius guitarist for Steely Dan, had passed away at 67. At 67, and that's, that's way too soon. The music that he still had to make and the, and the, 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 the life he still had to live... You know, it ain't my choice. The universe decides when your time is done and when you've done enough and, and you know, how your story is going to get told. It's, it's all, it's out of your hands. It's out of your control. It's, you, you live your life and you put out the best that you can during that time. But man, it's short. Man, the, 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 the why, yeah, soapbox, why waste the time, you know, doing something you, you dislike or doing, chasing money or, or chasing power or whatever it is you're doing instead of giving of your heart and, and building the, the art that you do and the things that, that you, you know, you, you were gifted with, the things that make you happy and bring you joy. And, and, and in turn, I can tell you from receiving this letter, in turn, affect other people's lives. Man, if we could all do that, if we could put aside the ego and the greed and I'm as guilty as as anybody else but what a what a great world what a what what an amazing shining life of excellence to strive for tell them you love them show them you love them even the people you don't know put it out there so easy to to slip into into uh, anger but uh do your best not to. There's a stage waiting for you. There's a group of people waiting to hear your voice. And um, maybe you don't have aspirations to be a performing artist. Maybe you want to be a veterinarian or you want to be a lawyer or you, you just want to write stories that you want other people to read. Or you just want to walk the earth. If that makes you happy, if it brings you joy, and it, and it, it you know, do it. Guaranteed, you'll be bringing other people joy as well. We are the philosophy in the in the religion that I was taught as as a boy. And that I go, some some of it still rings true, even though I've put aside a lot of what I consider to be false. I, I know that's picking and choosing, but but the one thing that I carried away from the religion I was raised on is God created humans in his own image. And if we were created by a creative being, 
in their own image, doesn't that make us ultimately creative beings too? The whole story starts with a God, a creator, an artist creating a universe, making something out of nothing, putting paint where there ain't. And if we are made in the image of a creative God, that makes us creative, loving beings as well. And maybe that's a heavy responsibility, and maybe it's too scary to, to, to throw your, your ability out into the universe and say, yes, I will, I will go and do likewise. I will, I will fill in the spaces. I will put my soul into the canvas and leave it there for someone who will follow after me. I believe that's who we are and that's who we were made for. And I live my life, I attempt to live my life under that philosophy. Your life is your show. It's the play that was written for you. Have a kick-ass show. Play to the back row. Cheat out. Lift your voice to be heard. React well. And when it's not your turn to talk, let the others talk. <laughs> yeah. Hannibal Twisted Philosophy 101. Thanks for sticking with me for this long. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to throw my voice out into the universe and let whoever happens to catch it, catch it. I hope my words had some meaning for you. I hope you're having a great week. I hope that that you, you, you get what you want. I hope that you actually get your heart's desire. And maybe that's too scary for some of you, but for others it would, it would be a, an answer to prayers. Reach out to the people that you love. Reach out to the people that you don't really care for and let them know that, you know, somebody's thinking of them and then that you have love in your heart to give. Be forgiving. Be adamant in standing up for people that can't stand up for themselves. Reach out a hand for the people that are hurting. Give love freely. Hey, we're all in this together. And if you need me, you know where to find me. And uh, maybe I talk too much and maybe I write too much and maybe I'm too self-centered to even notice. But uh, it feels right. And I think I'm doing good. And by good, I don't mean well. I think I'm doing good for people. Put on your costumes, put on your masks, dance and revel in the sun. And take time to be real. And take time to love yourself. Sometimes yourself is your best audience. I care about you. I'm thinking about you. And even if you don't know me, I consider you my friend. I'm trying really hard for what time I have remaining. I'm, I'm trying really hard to have fewer and fewer enemies. If you got beef, man, that's you. That's on you. I, uh, I harbor no ill will towards you. Let's be friends. Let's love one another. Right? Okay, so 
Hollywood tomorrow night, the Monday night tease. We are sold out. You can't get tickets anymore. I will tell you all about it when I can and when I get back. Uh, Festival in the Park here in Charlotte is coming up, and I'll be doing two or three days of uh, nonstop busking in the sun and and, uh, doing card tricks for unsuspecting strangers as they pass by. Uh, I will continue to throw my words out weekly. I will continue to write. Check out the books. Check out the the YouTube channel. Help support me. Help me make it uh, one more week through this uh, this exciting, exciting journey that I'm taking. I'm glad you're taking it with me. I'm Hannibal, and I hope that there's love where you are. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.